Aloha, everyone. Thank you for joining us today at our Mentoring Monday podcast. We're so excited to begin and we're excited for a new week ahead of us. Uh, so today we'll be introducing um, Elizabeth Rago and we'll be sharing more about how um, she has come here to BYU Hawaii and has been um, such an inspiring individual. And so just a brief background and about her. She graduated in 1996 and was born in New York, Brooklyn, New York, moved to Las Vegas, Nevada, and they led on her and her family began to um, be close with one, another, with one another and was very supported with each other. Um, she went to New Zealand for high school, came to BYU Hawaii, taught English in Taiwan, went on a mission to Virginia, and then graduated in 1996. And her husband, she met her husband here at BYU Hawaii. And after they were in Utah and graduated. And so we are happy to introduce to you, Elizabeth Rago. Hi, everyone. Hi, Liz. For that introduction. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm listening and I'm like, wow, there was so much drama in between <laughs> all those sentences of me and my husband meeting and us getting married. Not drama, but. It took a minute for us to both get it. It's good. It's okay. We all have those times in our lives for <laughs> right. sure. Everyone has, I guess, if you could categorize those dramas or those um, experiences, life experiences, life for experiences, sure. Experiences, yes. The yes. Us, so we learn and appreciate, yeah, what, the blessings that He gives us. Yeah. But you know, we're so happy that you're here with us today, and that we can be able to um, get to know you more and be able to talk story. Um, and so. We just kind of wanted to, to start off. If you wanted to add anything um, that was mentioned, anything that you wanted to share, tell us a little bit more about yourself. So here, just that I'm a counselor here. I just started, um, I work in the counseling disability services. I started like almost three years ago, full time. Um, I was part time for a minute and then um, yeah, so before I started here, I worked actually in the military. And um, so I'm from Kahuku, not from, I, we moved to Kahuku about seven, six or seven years ago. Um, and I had the commute. I loved working here primarily because my husband and my sister are here um, and I get to harass them both. Um, and that was initially sort of like, okay, perfect. Like no commute. And if I get this job, I applied, went through interview process. Um, if I get this job, it'll be great. I can like see my husband and my sister all the time, every day, all day, which I never see them except for lunchtime. Um, but eventually I, I worked here and I really, really enjoy working with the students. I love working with the students. Mm -hmm. here. Um, and I think that's probably something you hear from most people that work here is the students make any kind of trial that you may have at any job that you hold um, totally worth it. They are Kia, you are amazing. Your generation is dealing with so much and um, you're amazing how you navigate through these really like landmines of society. Mm -hmm. And um, but you your generation seems to come out on the on the correct side of things. Um, I'm really proud of, you know, the students I work with, as well as my my um, my nieces who are in that mm -hmm. same like Gen Z millennial age range. They're really they have a lot more insight than I ever did at the age of 20 and 25, 24, 25. 
So anyway, I don't know why I got off on that tangent, but I just wanted to like give a shout out. And also I love this like podcast night. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. It's great. It's great. Thank you for sharing all of that. It's, yeah. I feel, I feel that too. Like this generation has a lot going on and I'm, and me and others are very grateful for people like you who will like can counsel and help us in these trialing times for sure. And um, so throughout your, your, your years at college, like social work, was that something you always wanted to go into or was that changed over time? So when I was um, first at BYU Hawaii, my major was elementary education because I think kids are awesome. Um, But I went on my mission to Virginia and I worked in really rural areas and um, I came back thinking that I wanted to be in social work. I came back thinking that I really sort of wanted to work in the trenches to help. um, Social work has these, this code of ethics. And one of them is, you know, to empower the people that we work with, no matter what, if we're therapists and counselors, or if we're working more on like a macro level of like community work, um, the idea is to empower, do what we can to empower people. And I really loved that idea. And I still love that idea of not being in charge of people's um, lives or their healing or whatever, but that I can somehow, that concept of empowerment um, Mm -hmm. to help people. Um, recognize their own strengths. Um, just really, I, it's still, um, I'm very passionate about that. And so social works just seemed like a very good fit. I had, um, she was the vice president of student development. Um, and I think just retired a couple of years ago, but I had Debbie Hippolyte Wright as one of my, um, as one of my professors. And I remember like, she would tell these stories about her children, which I'm trying to think if I should tell one, but I won't since, yeah. Um, <laughs> But I remember feeling really just like Debbie is awesome and she's so real and so um, genuine and authentic. That's the kind of social worker I want to be. Um, and so hopefully, I, you know, I, I did her proud. She was the one that hired me and um, I'll be forever grateful for her. But yeah, that's sort of how I fell into the, um, the profession. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's super awesome. Cool. It, was actually, it was deliberate. Yeah, no, that's really good. And on how it all um, came together and it worked out for, you know, for your own path and um, how you're able to get in contact or meet with uh, Debbie Hippolyte, right? And she was able to to inspire that in you and be able to, you know, lead you along your journey um, here at BYU-Hawaii to even like maybe inspire other individuals or other students as well. Um, so that's super, super great. And just how, you know, we, how so much goes on in our life and how the Lord has really guided us in our path and um, really taken us into that, that direction. For you, how has, how has the spirit guided you in your pursuit in social work, in your work area, in your environment? So, um, I would say, you know, we've all probably watching, we've all had some degree of um, experience with the Lord guiding us, right? And um, we probably all had varying degrees of um, like profound experiences with the Lord. Um, I'm old. And so I probably just by virtue of the, the amount of years I have on, on some people, 
Um, I would say that my experience with the Lord had more to do with how he saved me. Um, so, yeah, okay. So I have to actually share this here, <laughs> which is sort of, which is related, but also unrelated to mm -hmm. my profession. Four years ago, my mother passed away. So I have this like weird, um, almost four years ago. So next month, it'll be four years ago. So ever since she passed away, every time I speak publicly or like in large gatherings, I cry. It's like, it's bizarre and it's really sort of like this, what is happening to me. So, and this was, it's been four years and it keeps, it continues, right? I'm 51, so there could be other ex, like I'm a 51 year old woman, so there could be other explanations too. But probably not because it's usually in this sort of maybe anxiety inducing gathering sometimes, but um, other times it's in these like, um, you know, smaller groups where you're sharing personal things, but I 100% of the time cry. And that's something that I've really had to um, work on. So I remember the first year and a half, I could not stand up in any group without bawling. And it was just this like, and I would be, you know, I went to my, I went to a grief counselor because I was like, what's happening here? Like I, my mother died in a really unexpected, tragic way. And so I remember at one point just being like, well, I don't know what's going on with me. Like, why can't I regulate my emotions? It's not like, you know, I might be, but it's like the bawling is like, um, like I can't seem to regulate myself, right? When I talk in certain settings. And I remember um, thinking at some point after a couple of years, this is the new normal for me. This is something I have to accept about me. And how I can, um, and, and how I approach grief is very different because I've never had anyone. I've never lost anyone. And I'm like thinking, Ugh, I don't even want to think about the time I have to lose my sister or my husband, but we're not going to go there right now. Right. But I just remember the Lord guiding me through all of this and me coming to the realization that this is who I am right now. And it may never go away. And it's something that I have to accept. And that maybe there are ways I can look at the world differently because of that experience and because of this like embarrassing, like, I mean, it is embarrassing, but like this embarrassing way, and I'm trying, you know, I'm working through that here, but anyway, this embarrassing way of responding to emotional things, how, how has the Lord made me almost new? And how does that work in terms of my profession? And how that's worked is that um, I really feel like I get it now. I feel like I, I used to always, um, tell myself that I get it <laughs> and like tell myself that I'm like super insightful and like so funny and so real but I feel like now um, the Lord has in a really painful again sometimes very awkward um, I think I'm blushing sorry no you're good you're good let's go um, <laughs> I feel like the Lord has um turn this experience in a way that I can um, really get it now. I can really understand um, deeply profound and painful experiences that our students deal with at such a young age, because there is a lot. I mean, we think about 
just what happened in Tonga, right? And it's like, we're gonna get some of those students that had to see what they had to see in a couple of years. And they had to, they're gonna be experiencing some things that are gonna be very difficult for them to manage, right? So I can, yeah, hashtag pray for Tonga, but, um, and I think I'm gonna get it. Like, I think I'm really gonna get it. And um, even, I mean, we wanna talk about what happened in Japan 10 years ago, um, you know, the civil unrest in Hong Kong, and the kind of suffering and the kind of things that our students have had to see. Mm -hmm. So um, even though I end up crying and being like horrifyingly like socially inept in groups or like in high stress, anxiety inducing situations, I think the Lord really, is playing a part in helping me be better at my job. And mm -hmm. and then it becomes more than a job, right? It becomes something that you feel like you're called to almost. Um, and something that you feel like you can um, help people bring meaning into their own lives. And so that brings meaning into your life, right? You can find meaning in your own life by serving. Um, and, you know, I'm going to go off on a little tangent. <laughs> go for it. Go for it. I'm answering your question, but I remember telling somebody in my office that like last semester was like really difficult. The counseling center had a, um, a wait list and I was seeing, you know, a lot of students with a lot of things going on. And I find, I find a lot of joy in, in, in that, but also I was like, am I doing good by them? Because I'm seeing so many and there's such a volume. Am I really doing good by them? And I, go to work every morning just crying like I have no idea if I'm doing good and then I drive home from work every day just crying just like oh I'm tearing so much but also am I am I resilient am I do I have the mental capacity to really listen and do right by the students that trust counselors that trust therapists and the only thing that I could um do really to get out of this rut of crying um serve that was it and so in the weekends i would look for opportunities to serve and um i mean it was like pray and read scriptures yes all of that but really serve it service is what was really um what really got me out of this rut of just cry. i mean i still cry but like what really sort of gave myself meaning because I was able to, for a moment, forget about my issues, right? And forget about, oh my gosh, I'm suffering, mm -hmm. whatever. But like, I was able to help um, others in in a way that was separate from my position, separate from my job. I really have this like testimony of service. I think that that's something that um, I've seen students do and whether they're like, I'm gonna go serve now, or they just do it um, and feel, uh, you know, a little bit better and have a little bit of relief in their life. I've seen that, but I got my greatest example of service aside from, of course, our savior is my husband. Like he's, when he's not out of town, he's the first one to um, set up chairs at ward activities and at, you know, funerals. He's the he's first one to start breaking down things and cleaning up, taking out the garbage at, um, you know, at ward parties. And he serves, you know, his own family constantly. And he serves, of course, our little family, him and I. Um, and I think watching him over all these years and being in this place where I was so um, 
you know, it's so overwhelmed, also sort of full of self-doubt, whether I'm really doing the work that I want to do. Service helped confirm to me that the Lord still trusts me and um, and that the Lord still, um, you know, is mindful of me and some of my abilities and talents and nobody's ever going to be perfect, but I can still do something and the Lord still has use for me. So I have this like thing about serving when I can and even sometimes when I can't, right? To still mm-hmm. prioritize that that um, that principle of service. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Like I love that you you shared it and shared what um you're going through and like what the Lord had you experience and your experiences really helped um, those you met with and how you know, that Christ-like characteristic of service really played an important role in in all of that. It kind of reminded me actually of an experience um, that I had last semester with an individual that I did not know. And so I took a walk to the the La'ia temple nearby and I was just sitting down and I came across an individual and we were talking with one another and we kind of talked about studying and he asked what I was going into. And I said, oh, I am going into psychology, minoring in social work. And he was just on the basis of what, why are you going into that? Like, what what do you want to do? And I said, well, I'm going to the clinical counseling area. And he just shared that um, those, he had to go and see a counselor and those counselors had really helped him in his life. And so I know that what you're doing and what everyone else is doing to to help us, our generation, is really having a big impact on that. And whether um, everyone knows it or not, I know for for myself that there has been a great um, impact in helping students wherever they are and whatever they are going through, for sure, for sure. And so your all of your efforts are not wasted for sure. It's it's there and it's going and it's going good and it's going good. So thank you for sharing thank your experiences you. with us and kind of goes on to a next question that we have to ask for you today. And so how how do you balance like your, you know, how do you balance all of this work, your work life, your family, your church? How do you balance that all together? In, in your busy schedule, like what is, take us through it. Like what is the, your your routine and, and things like that? So um, the balance is constant. And you probably hear this from a lot of um, people who work full time, the balance between, you know, work and here yeah, for you, school, work and school, um, boyfriends and girlfriends and um, your social life. And some people are married with children, right? There's um, a lot of balance, uh, a lot of people who struggle with finding balance. And it is an ongoing um, process for everyone, I think, especially when you are in, um, you know, high stress jobs. And I, and I think being a student with a job um, is high stress. I mean, I, I'm in awe a lot of times, like, wow, they're going through a lot. And they have this 15 page paper due in a week. <laughs> it's like, and they, they're going through so much and they have these labs that they have to do as well on top of everything that they are going through. So I'm in awe. Okay. So um, if I feel myself going out of balance, which um, sometimes, you know, some stages of my life, more than others, 
I do these like crazy challenges, which I don't, whatever, but it helps me. So I just finished like a 75 hard. Have you heard? <laughs> so you do like 75 days where you like exercise twice a day for 45 minutes. And anyway, and then re it has this whole thing. So I finished it and um, felt kind of good about it. And then I find myself like slipping in. Um, so today I got up at, I think, 530. My cat woke me up um, and we <laughs> my husband and I really we love animals. So we have a cat and a dog. And our, our other cat passed away um, four or five months ago, which is pretty hard on me and not hard on our little family. But anyway, so. Um, so, yeah, I like play with my cat and I go out, play with my dog and um, think I really should exercise. But instead, I'm going to <laughs> listen to some show. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to play with my dog. So this morning I didn't. And then my husband and I usually walk our dog. And I have to say he's better at that than I am. Um, but so our and, you know, what's really fun about being married to someone that you are you love so much and is your best friend and has been forever. I made it like drama was between us, but it actually wasn't. Um, anyway, so is, what's fun is that we get to like talk story at the end of the day. And yeah. even though he may work late and sometimes I work late. We always have that like hour to check in with each other and hour or two to talk story. Sometimes mm -hmm. we watch a show um, together. I think we just started watching Doctor Who and then we fell asleep. <laughs> um, so I think that's how I find balance is like making sure that there's time, um, you know, with my husband and making sure that we, and he does too. So like we're both committed um, and spending time with things that we enjoy with things, spending time doing things we enjoy. So with our animals, walking them, caring for them. Um, Tavita really loves yard work and I really don't. Sometimes I'll keep him company. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm such a great wife anyway um, but yeah I think there's like very um, activities to do sometimes together and sometimes separately but at the end of the day it's really fun to be married to someone that you um, can laugh with and be yourself with and be lame mm -hmm. with, which I'm super lame <laughs> yeah so that's and it is like this ongoing process of just trying to be mindful of like these things, like all, there's all these competing demands, right? So I tell all my students, there's so many competing demands and how do we manage them and synthesize and make sure that we're finding this balance? Um, and it's not like, there's not one good answer. It's very individualized. Um, and it is really important though, that we, um, we're just mindful of the process of finding that balance and striving for that balance. And I think it changes as time mm -hmm. And as you change as a person, um, where you'll find that balance will change, right? Yeah, definitely for sure. I love that you mentioned um, that as time goes on, that that balance does definitely definitely change. And with whatever is going on in our life, we need to kind of pick up our pace and keep on going and try our best to to do what we need to do or see what can accommodate with us. And, um, you know, I love that you guys, you find that quality time and, and with your animals and with your husband to just balance everything out because we all need that. We all need those moments and those, those just good times with, um, the ones that we love and the ones that we, 
that we care about for sure. And so hopefully like one day, like us as students can be able to have that, you know, that very good um, relationship, like how you and your husband have that good relationship. That's something that we hope as students right now, we hope to have as well. So thank you for also setting those good examples. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, not that you asked me, but I just call oh, this is such a time to make these decisions in your life, right? And I just, I, the idea of like a student settling for less just makes me, I don't know, it makes me sad. I hope nobody settles for less, you know, in their life in terms of finding a life partner. Um, that's like one of the most, I think one of the most important things we can do for ourselves um, in terms of balance and self-care is find that person for you and not settle mm -hmm. um, for less than you want and deserve. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, you know, it's how you mentioned about that, that caring and that, um, you know, those characteristics and for you as a social worker, like what do you think is, what would be one of those, like a few characteristics that you would consider a good social worker? You know, like what would, if one was to, you know, go into that type of field, what is like some characteristics that one would need to have? So I'm trained in a therapy called dialectical behavior therapy, and it really endorses um, dialectics, meaning that there are two opposing um, thoughts two opposing ways of being and there's they seem opposing but there's truth in each on each opposing side so for example um and so this is getting to the point um for example people really should strive to accept themselves for how they are that we are the sum total of our choices but also i get emotional because um because in many ways, so I know my sister, and so another time, but my sister gave the faculty convocation. And at the end, she quoted the title of the poem. And the title was, um, oh my gosh, I can't remember the poet's name. And I'm so mad at myself because I'm blanking right now. I feel bad because he should get credit because it was an amazing poem. But the title is, um, perhaps we are our ancestors' wildest dreams. And when you think about like your grandparents, right? But then you think about your great grandparents and you think about your great, great grandparents and even like maybe 10 generations back, would they ever have imagined here that you would be in a podcast, right? That you would be at a university graduating and interviewing and would, would they ever have imagined that after all the toil, you know, 10 generations back, would they have ever imagined um, that you and I would be sitting here together talking about how to get balance, right? And how to um, how to progress in our our um, in our careers. The thing is, we're both the sum total of our ancestors, and we both are, and everyone watching, um, we are both a manifestation of the wild in like in our ancestors' wildest dreams, that's who we are. And it's awesome to think about. So when I think about, um, you know, what we need to do um, or, you know, what kind of attributes a social worker should have, I go back to the dialectics, right, of just accepting who we are, that we are the sum total. And in many ways, 
actually all of us for sure are living out the wildest dreams of our ancestors. They never probably would have dreamed that we would be here. They never would have dreamed that 10 generations, people are sitting at this university, being president of a university, being majors in biology, social work, psychology, um, falling in love with people from different countries, right? And, um, and so in that way, it's like we really embrace who we are and accept who we are. Dialectic is this, Hia, and something that I think early on I wish I would have conceptualized um, is that we accept ourselves for who we are, and yet interpersonally and personally, we need to improve, right? Because none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. And, you know, our ancestors weren't either. So we picked up maybe some patterns that we can stop with us um, and that we won't pass on to future generations. And I think that's, so a couple of things. And if any of my former clients or clients listening, they're like, oh my gosh, here she goes again. <laughs> they're probably just like, we've heard this already. <laughs> and change. Um, but that is this um, life process that we go through where we accept ourselves for all of our ugly faults um, and all of our imperfections. And at this, we, ex we fully accept ourselves for who we are. We also acknowledge that we need to improve and that we need to make changes in our life. Um, and those changes are hard because that means we have to be accountable, right, for our actions. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's also like I see very much how really the only person that can sort of manage a different dialectic of op seeming opposites, but there's truth in both, is justice and mercy, right? It's like the Lord really can meet that out, not us. Although I would say that a lot of our... Um, Faculty and staff really do try to try to strive um, in their interactions with students, try, strive to have that balance between justice and mercy. So that's like the first thing that I would say to any social work major, anyone wanting to get into social work, the idea to let on to everybody and yourself is um, accepting yourself and accepting the person, accepting the fallibility of humanity. <laughs> um, fully accepting it and also needing to improve. Um, the second one though is I think just as actually goes with the first one in an indirect way, but that's um, really maintaining a non-judgmental stance, um, which is very hard. I think sometimes most of us are harder. They judge, we judge ourselves um, harsher than we judge others, but it's still judgment. Um, yeah. And it still can right. be, um, yeah, it can, it actually could be very detrimental to a therapeutic relationship or however you want to practice social work, but also to ourselves when we, um, we stand in, in poor judgment of others and ourselves, it's like that word toxic is overused, but I mean, it can be really detrimental again to our emotional and physical well-being. So those are the two things is like practice that dialectic of acceptance and change as well as and at the same time, take a non-judgmental approach and stance on yourself, family members um, and the people that you work with. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's um, that's very powerful um, on what you said and of how that just all ties in. And, you know, when you brought up about, you know, your, the generations before us and, you know, it got me thinking about even the generations after us, you know, that it, there's just such par powerful effects um, in between all of that. And 
when it comes down to oneself, you're, you know, we are, ourselves are, are we are our greatest critic um, in, in a way, in a sense. And, you know, maintaining that or practicing that is um, such good advice for, for everyone, for sure, definitely, definitely. And um, again, I think that was really, really well said. And um, is there anything, any last few comments, any last few words that you, or advice that you'd like to share at all? Kind of going off the along the lines of that. I'd like, um, yeah, my first piece of advice, honestly, is to drink more water. <laughs> Not even joking. Hydration, hydration is good. Hydration, hydration, hydration. Um, but the, the second is to remember that we are the sum total of our ancestors and that we're, no matter how much we might be disappointed in our, in our behavior, how much we, in, in some cases, hate ourselves, right? We are still living out the wildest dreams of our ancestors. And I think that's such a powerful thing to remember that we are who we are and, um, and that we still need to improve. And then, you know, I did share early on about, um, how grief and loss can mark us forever. And I I guess I just also want to just leave the idea of the value of um, accepting change in our life that we will not necessarily, in some ways we're the, we'll never change, right? We'll always be self-plastic or whatever. Um, but trials do mark us and um, And so the Lord turns us into people that we never really expected to be turned into and to be able to have the faith that we're where we're supposed to be at this time to learn what we're supposed to learn, um, to be accountable when, we, when the Lord needs us to be accountable, um, I think is just something that I want to leave with everyone, um, students watching, is that the Lord will change you over time. And to expect that, and it won't always be fun. Sometimes it will be fun changes, right? Uh, when you fall in love, for example. Sometimes they're hard um, and they mark you forever. And I think the Lord does that so that you can be a better service, honestly, to other, other, other to his children. Mm -hmm. So that, that would be it. <laughs> thank you. No, thank, thank you. you. That was really, really good words. Um, that the Lord continues to mold us into the person that we need to be um, and that as we do what he needs to do, he has us to do, we can be able to help others along their own journey and along their own path. Um, so thank you, Liz, for your words. Uh, thank you for sharing with us. And thank you, everyone, for joining with us here on our Mentoring Monday. Um, we are happy that you guys could listen and please take into consideration and remember what Liz has shared with you all today. And don't forget about our announcements um, that will be happening this upcoming week. And so Aloha Friday podcast with Terry and Joanne Mawai on February 18th at 3 p.m. So that will be an exciting time. Come in and tune with us for that. And on next Monday, President's Day is a holiday, so that we will we will not be having any mentoring Monday that day. But we hope that you enjoy your holidays, and we hope that you have a good week. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And remember to, we are now on Spotify, so check out our 
BYUH audio podcast there. And stay tuned for more with us. Thank you and aloha. Have a good week.